So hello and welcome to Salopcast, um, episode 6 for this season uh, with myself, Glyn Price. And unlike in the week where I recorded a special pod, which we'll talk about in a minute, I am returned with uh, Ollie Warner, who is back. Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, Another another pod, another game. Mm-hmm. Um, no win. So yeah. yeah, lots to get into. Um, but yeah, before we start, worth mentioning you did a, a special pod in the midweek, didn't you, Glyn? I did, yeah. So yeah, obviously you don't live in town, so it was a bit difficult for us to sort the logistics out. But um, I hopefully managed without you, Ollie. I think it's the first interview I've done on my own, which is quite interesting. But um, yeah, I got a chance to sit down with Lawrence Ellaby, um, and we were joined by Mike Davis as well to talk about the thousand-person trial. Um, which you know, if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, it did come out on a sort of late on a Friday afternoon. Um, it, it's worth a listen, I think, just because you know we can talk about what's going on on the pitch, Ollie, and some of the results are not going our way at the moment, and we'll probably have some complaints if this keeps up. But off the pitch, you know, the work to get the thousand-person trial on. On, the logistics of it, the timeframes involved, which are really interesting when you listen back to it, and and some of the sort of snapshots that we were given from behind the scenes. Um, we we should be very proud of that, and um, you know, obviously the rug's been pulled from under us now. But you know, again, much like safe standing and some of the things that the club have done over the last few years, um, something to be really proud of, Ollie. And hopefully that came across in the pod when you listened to it. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, um, yeah, good listen, and I recommend all, all fans to have a good listen to that. Yeah, and it is a gutter, isn't it, that we we won't be back at football. You know, we talked very positively last week, didn't we, Ollie, about you know our experience of going to the games. But you know, since that podcast, obviously things have changed, and doesn't look like it's going to be happening again anytime soon. No, it is very weird. You can kind of go to the pub and mingle with people <laughs> um, in a confined space. Um, you can go to a wedding of thirty people, but you can't sit outside at a football ground. It's all a bit strange, but. It is what it is. Which, um, yeah, yeah, no fans, and I guess we just have to enjoy football um, as it is, um, as it is at the moment. Which, in some ways, has its benefits because you have a bit more time at home, whatever, um, and you get to make a cup of tea at half time. So, I guess there there are a silver lining to all this. <laughs> it's a very small silver lining for some people, it is like, very and, small, and some people got to hold on to it. <laughs> you have, haven't you? And I think a lot more people are probably reaching for the alcohol than they are a cup of tea at the moment, watching uh, some of our performances at times. But um, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's where we're at. Really. There was a highlight, wasn't there, coming into this game? Well, there was, and and normally we would talk about new signings and salad news, wouldn't we, Ollie? But um, it doesn't really make any sense when we're, we're obviously going to talk about it in the context of this game. But so yeah, up front, really on what was it? Was it the Friday? Wasn't it just before the game? Yeah, um, yeah, we made the signing of a player everybody had probably heard of, which is a start for a Shrewsbury Town player, Leon Clark, Ollie. Which you know, I, I saw a few people kind of ruminating: is it a wow signing? You know, it it is certainly a big signing for a football club like us. Let's let's start with that discussion. You know, we don't sign a player of Leon Clark obvious quality um every day of the week don't we so you know uh, certainly a, a bit bit of a bit of a statement signing would you say yeah i'd say it's, it's a good signing um i remember watching him and hearing his contract ended um and i remember you were talking about signing and i thought but yeah we'd be quite lucky you'd expect him to go to the championship um obviously he played for sheffield united in the premier league um that's last season um and obviously the demands um, that Sheffield United have on their players. Um, for me, that's a good sign, um, even though he's age. But I think age is obviously a bit different these days, depending on how you look after yourself. Yep, yep, um, yeah. Miles on the clock and all that. So, yeah, I was quite pleased. It's an exciting signing. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding and see what he kind of delivers for us. But, yeah, I thought I thought it was a good signing. Um, and, yeah, it gave me a bit of hope. There's a bit of quality in the final third, hopefully. 
Yeah, I agree with that, Ollie. It's certainly a signing that um, you, you look on more positively than you know bringing in some of the strikers we've had over the years where they've not really got much of a track record. They haven't really scored any goals other than at a lower level than us. And certainly he's had the pedigree, hasn't he, to, to sort of stand up to some scrutiny. And, and it is interesting, you know, people talk about this being his 20th club and you look at the list of it, you know, he's played for pretty much everybody from Sheffield Wednesday to QPR to Crawley, Scunthorpe, Coventry, Wolves, Wigan, Berry. Sheffield United obviously is a, is a team that we'll sort of remember him from in the last few years. And yeah, lo- loads of teams really. But obviously, it's our turn with him now. And he-, he seems to have scored good goals at some clubs and then been a bit streaky through the middle bit of his career. And, and obviously, then picked it up again a little bit at Sheffield United, scoring, I think, 29 and 88. So um, he scored goals at this level. It- it'll be an interesting one, won't it, to, to see whether could easily be another Steve Morrison type signing that doesn't quite work or it could be something Grant Holt-esque where we get a really good season out of him and and maybe he, you know he, he goes on elsewhere or retires at the end of it so it's, it's it's definitely I think excitement is a fair word um we didn't get to see much of him on Saturday obviously and, and we'll sort of see how he, he beds in but you know the, the pedigree is something to be um yeah you know, excited about I've used the word excited about a hundred times there <laughs> yeah yeah something to get excited about yeah. Um, and yeah fingers crossed as he gets more used to his, his colleagues and teammates and he can he can do something but yeah to have a, a striker that is an actual threat and would make a refreshing change going into the game and and a massive signing in terms of the squad Ollie because obviously yeah. he's going to be a big sort of you know imagine a big presence that experience will be useful for our sort of strikers as well he might be able to pass on a few things to say a doe for example um, but one big thing in terms of the signing being so important is um, and we talk about this up front now because it again plays a part in the Leon Clark signing is that um, Rikio Pike's got injured for four to five months which is hugely um, frustrating for him no doubt and frustrating for the football club who've just invested a, a three-year contract in him as well but you know the, the signing of Clark was probably seen as a, or a Clark type player is massively vital um, on the evidence of Saturday having, having seen Pike get injured. Yeah, um, we've got um, going into Saturday, potentially Ebanks Landor was injured. Yep. Um, Ryan Sears is injured. Brad Walker had a knock on Tuesday. Goss, um, Sean Goss has got ribs injury. Josh, Josh Daniels has got an injury. Dave Edwards <laughs> has got an injury. And yeah, Mikhail Pike has got an injury. Things worth saying, um, you know, they're all like knocks and stuff. Yeah. It's really weird. They're not, um, there isn't really, like if there were all the hamstrings, like, like, you know, you'd go, oh God, what's going on? There's something in terms of the prep. But I think we have been a bit unlucky here with some of these injuries. Yeah, I've noticed that, you know, there seems to be a few people dropping down when you watch games on TV. This seems just, I don't know if there's evidence for this. I'm sure someone will look into it as the season goes on. It seems to be there's injuries during quite a lot of games I've watched on TV. And I doubt it's it's to do with the preparation or the lack of pre-season. It's probably just the fact that they've had longer off and, and, and coming back into it quite quickly, I suppose. And now as we're two to three to four weeks into the season, you might start to see some more of these injuries. But again, obviously some of them are very unlucky. You know, obviously Dave Edwards has got like a hairline fracture. You know, if it's a slightly less worse of a knock that he gets, he probably doesn't end up getting an injury. So unfortunate for a lot of these, but yeah, wish Pike a sort of a, a speedy recovery. Really, we'll probably see him after Christmas. Um, and yeah, that, and that was what I was going to say about Leon Clark. Really, it was it was in vital really because of those reasons. And the, the last thing on Clark, really, before we move on to the game, Ollie, is it? What about what do you think in terms of? You know the, the finances really, and and obviously we've we've reached a point this week where the rug's been pulled from under us, like we talked about on on the podcast. Finances are obviously going to be very difficult. We're either going to have to wait for a government bailout that might never come, or or hope the Premier League um, be generous to us while they've got us over a barrel to to fund out these EFL clubs with no fans there. And you know, do you, it's only a one year deal, so possibly it's not the worst. But you assume he's on a fair whack of money. Is is it a sign in you're comfortable with financially, um, and you trust the club on that one? Yeah, everyone assumes that it's going to be mega bucks. Yeah, um, 
it might not be. It might be. We've got absolutely no idea. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be two grand a week. It could be up to four, maybe. Um, who knows? Um, it does all seem. It does all feel a bit hopeless. I was watching um, some of the quest goals back in League One just to kind of get a flavour of what's going on in the rest of the league. Yeah. And then the Ipswich manager was on, and he's doing it, and he's doing it, and I just kind of turned to my wife and said, "This could all be a bit academic. Mm. And I don't want to kind of yeah put the pot on a massive downer at this point, but yeah, we don't know what's going to happen, do we? It is pretty unworrying um, in in one sense what might happen, but yeah, I guess we just have to hope that um and we'll all come through and um yeah football will be fine and Shrewsbury Town will be fine. And that's the sad thing. We'd like to ignore it, you know, and talk about the football and concentrate on what's going on. But unfortunately, this whole season and almost every podcast we're going to do is going to be within this bubble of the COVID issue. And um, we'll try not to keep mentioning it every week, Ollie, but I think as things develop and important things that happen this week, um, it's certainly worth covering. But let's not try to go COVID heavy every week. Um, but I think I think no. it's fair. Um, you know my opinion on that. No, exactly. <laughs> where, But to me, I, I totally agree. You know, everyone's sick of talking about it and it can be a bit depressing, can't it? But unfortunately for football, it is... The, the main topic at the moment for everybody from the championship down so we can't pretend it's not happening um, and I just hope that there's a solution to to make sure that we survive with all 72 football league clubs by then this year which a, is a solution that doesn't mean the Premier League screw us over yeah Exactly, exactly. And yeah. fingers crossed on that one, Ollie. I'm not I'm pretty pessimistic, but fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, there we go. So that's sort of the lead into this week. Obviously, signings and injuries and and what had gone on in the previous weeks. And yeah, I guess that leads us to uh, Shrewsbury Town heading down the M5 to Plymouth for uh, their second league away game of the season. So yeah, Ollie, we'll we'll start to have a look at that. Ryan Low again. Shrewsbury bench and a delighted Jimmy Quinn. So, um, Shrewsbury Town drew away at Plymouth Argyle and Plymouth Argyle haven't been beaten at home um, and obviously Blackpool um, got beaten there yeah. a couple of weeks ago so it is a tough place to go but yeah, one all draw. Um, so Vela scored after 14 minutes and Grant equalised for Plymouth um, after 29 minutes. So both goals coming in the first half. How did Shrewsbury Town line up? So, um, yeah, we were as we kind of expected, really. Yeah, Sarkic in goal. He had William and Pierre and Goldborn at the back. Um, luckily, Walker came back from mm. where he went off um, on Tuesday night. And um, which game I did actually watch, um, where Walker had a knock on his on his on his knee. Um, so that looked quite painful. Um, High and Vela started, and then we had Cummings. We had a Doe started and Worley. Um, so, what did you think of the, the kind of starting lineup, Glenn? First of all, we should probably mention that we haven't talked in any way whatsoever about the game in midweek, Ollie. And I'm not sure yeah. whether you really want to. Obviously, we won three. No, <laughs> maybe I was doing a short sentence. So yeah, we're playing a very, very naive, weak, young side. Um, we I enjoyed watching it. Okay. Um, I was thinking I was cut. I cut the lawn in like record time. I just like thought actually I'm going to watch this. Um, Becky hadn't been home from school yet, so I thought, sod it, I'm going to watch it. Um, so, yeah, give the club a, a tenner. Um, mm. And, yeah, I was interested to see. And the thing that sold it to me is when I saw that um, um, that we were going to see some of the kids play. Yeah. So, for me, that was what kind of swung it in the end. Um, so And, and also the fact it was, it was it's, I don't know, it's weird. Like, it's almost a quite a strong lineup as well. So, it was a mixture of, you know, Barnett starting, um, but also a few kids playing as well. That kind of swung it for me. But, um, yeah, Shrewsbury Town did enough. Um, we kind of. I think it was a bit of a practice in the second half to just kind of see a game out. Um, we didn't really, you know, stay in the fifth gear. We didn't even get into fifth gear, but we stayed in second and dropped back to first. <laughs> um, so good performances, really nice, really nice cross on from the left. 
um, from from Goldborn and Barney was free in the centre of the box and headed in, which is his first goal he'd ever scored from his head, which is nice. Yep. A couple of other nice goals, um, good finishes and yeah, nice get Cummings to get a goal. Okay, I think we should definitely call that section for around Ollie Warner's two-minute um, Checker Chain Trophy <laughs> review or whatever the hell it's called this season. It doesn't even have a sponsor anymore, does it? So, yeah, the two-minute reviews on that, I-, I can deal with that this season, Ollie. So, but obviously it did give us a lead-in, didn't it? Because you know yeah. we got a bit of confidence under our belts and I think some people thought that would play into this game and, and maybe it did because we'll-, we'll talk about the start. But, yeah, go- going back to the team, uh, I couldn't really poke too many holes at it, to be honest with you. I think Williams and Pierre are, are probably going to be the two for the moment. But, again, I keep saying this, the three centre-backs are going to be transferable. Fossey's doing enough to keep his place isn't he in the league games Goldborn started well um, great to see Walker get over his injury quite quickly as you say so he's not done um, badly so definitely deserved to keep his place um, and the front three really kind of picked themselves with all the injuries we've got didn't we so couldn't couldn't really sort of pick anything on that um, possibly would have hoped that Norburn had got over um, his little niggles and obviously he's still coming back from some some tough times and maybe he would have started but yeah it, it wasn't the case and we saw him later on um, and then I guess the last thing was was, was Clark going to start um, and obviously he wasn't quite ready for that yet so yeah no you would never expect the manager to put a, a goalkeeper's a bit different because yep. you know you don't need to know you know you, in terms of like formation and styles and, and prep in the week um, so it's not and it's also it's not really right is it for a player to come straight in straight away um, so yeah, I thought that was fine, and I thought maybe just go kicking straight into the game. I thought Shrewsbury started really, really well. Yeah, yeah, they did. I think, and I think, as you say, that game in midweek probably did give them that little confidence boost that they they started the pitch. Sorry, they started the game on the front foot and um, and really went at Plymouth and yeah, it looked fantastic, didn't it? At the start, we were passing it around nicely and sort of little triangles. People were pushing forward. Vela was joining, you know, the attacks as a sort of more of a number ten at times, and you know that the whole thing looked quite good. And and you know, at that point in time, you're thinking, all right, okay, this is good. Let's keep this going and, and keep pushing on. And obviously, we'll talk about getting to the goal pretty early on during this section. But the whole opening 15 minutes was was pretty much positive. Fossey getting forward. Um, there wasn't too much to dislike about that. In section, Ollie? No, no, it was really positive. Yeah. Um, again, being critical probably in terms of actually getting shots away, but we got a few shots. So first effort came from a good salop attack, and Wally crosses the ball in from the right. Yeah. Um, where he drifted over to the right hand side from the left. I mean, it was cleared by Plymouth, um, and then had a really good shot. This is on his left foot actually. I mean, it went and went wide. Um, and yeah, ten minutes in town, we're in a really good possession, lots of passing. Um, and really smothering um, Plymouth, yeah. um, really, really dominating um, the game. And it wasn't just in terms of possession as well. We were doing really, really good at, at pressing and winning the ball back, um, but still a little bit clumsy sometimes in, in possession. And and yeah, you, smothering is the right word. Plymouth couldn't get out at all, and they really they really were struggling. You know, hitting long balls um, under the cosh, trying to get out, and just it, it just wasn't working for them um, at all. And uh, you know, very creditable. I thought High was really good in that section as well as Vela. They they really you know involved in the press at times in midfield. Um, you know, the the front three tried to press as much as they could, but maybe maybe didn't get as much as much out of them as we would have hoped across the whole game, I suppose. And even at fifteen minutes, I suppose. But yeah, I can't really. <laughs> Can't really say anything negative other than, you know, why is this only happening for 15 to 20 minutes every game, Ollie? Yeah, but at least we <laughs> scored in that first 15 we did. minutes. So that broke that voodoo of last season. Exactly. We didn't try to look like we didn't try to score. Um, so we had a good counter before the goal, um, high to Wally to Vera. Um, nothing came from that. But it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was, di- it was direct, but not long ball. That no. makes sense, wasn't it? We were getting the ball forward really quickly um, and, and creating good opportunities. Um, and then yeah, it was a is a foul um, by by Plymouth. Um, 
on a shooter time player and gave the free kick, which Wally took from just inside kind of their half in, when we were attacking. He swung it in. Um, Plymouth won the ball. It falls to Walker, who does a nice little layoff to Vela, who sh- strikes it home sweetly. Really, really good awareness from Walker to find Vela and a really, really good strike from Vela. And at this point, yeah, you're pretty chuffed. Yeah, it was it was a great reward for for a good opening section. They say massive credit to Walker for setting up the goal. I thought he was very intelligent um, in terms of thinking about what was around him, and you know other players could have just tried to get it down and turn and swivel on it, which wouldn't have been a good chance. Whereas laying it off to Vela, clearly he's got the the full goal within his vision, and he's he's sort of running onto it. I thought I actually thought the keeper was a bit unlucky because if you go back and watch it, he makes a really good low down save right across his post, um, and it does take a little deflection. It just sort of drifts it up into the net rather than it being low, which is obviously how it started off so keeper was a bit unlucky to be fair but it was a good crisp hit you know the deflection probably is the is the reason it, it went home but you know maybe maybe you know it was slight been... yeah it was very slight just just enough though yeah. if you watch it yeah 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 maybe maybe potentially it was enough but yeah. i thought he hit it well enough no nope, uh, it was a good strike that, yeah it's sort of a good strike for those who those who never saw it and yeah nice for uh, for walker to get an assist as well yeah and nice for vela to get his first goal for the club it's always nice to kind of get off the the scoring charts isn't it and i was i think i was looking back he, he hadn't scored many across his career and um, they're, they're a bit few and far between so for him to get one so so soon is, is fantastic and and adds to the sort of you know we haven't scored I suppose you take away Middlesbrough, haven't scored too many, so it's nice for someone outside the front three to get one as well. No. So, yeah, a lot of, lot of positives, um, and, it, and it was good. And, and I honestly felt like after the goal, we, we had the first attack after that, really. I thought, OK, right, so we're going to maybe keep this up. And, it, you know, 14 minutes was a goal. And by about 17, 18 minutes, I started to think, all right, OK, this is a bit different now. And and Plymouth started to get a little fit hold in the game, 17, 18, 19, 20 minutes. And I start to wonder about that because in reality, this is where the game kind of got away from us from this point onwards. We just let that really, really good start go. Um, and some people have talked about this a few times over the course of this season in, in, in a couple of times. But we obviously were doing well. We got 1-0 up away from home. Do you still think there's a mental thing where the players have, have got this thing in their head about protect what we've got and, and they kind of just come off that attacking level? Or do you think that maybe the other team just get inspired and think, oh God, we're losing at home. This is our patch. We we should step up, step it up really. Or is it, it was a bit of both? I don't didn't see any tactical changes from low, um, to be honest with you. So yeah, difficult to know. I think he made an early sub, to be fair. So maybe that changed the flow a bit. But um, yeah, I don't know. What, what, do you, what do you think about the way we just drifted out of the game? Um... I wouldn't say we. You're assuming saying there that we never had any chances and that was it. The game was over. No, no, no. Um, it wasn't like it wasn't that. Wasn't as good. But yeah, we started really well. Um, I think Plymouth up their game. I thought they were quite yeah, poor. Fair. Um, but I think we were just really good. Um, and I think it was just again um, as we go through the game, it was again. I think it's just we were on a, a good level in the first 15 minutes. Got a goal, um, but. I think it just again it just really must be really frustrating for the manager because it's just individual errors are letting us down. Uh. And I think that's what it is, really. Um I think it's people losing the ball, um, people not and it's just yeah, individual errors um in terms of attacking play, it's meaning that we're not getting as many chances as you'd like. Yeah, I, I agree. Individual errors are obviously a problem when we get to the goal. We can we can talk about little mistakes there as well. I just I don't know. I, I I think the way that you know the Northampton game went, where it felt like once we sort of had that knock against us, we we weren't as good. It felt a little bit like this to me again today. They started well, good positivity, good good mentality, you know, positive. And as soon as they get a little knock, um, it just it just seems to set them back a little bit. And I suppose it was worse after they scored. Um, and I'm not saying we were out of the game, but I'm just saying I don't think we. It's, it's fair. I don't. If you disagree with this, I'd be surprised. But we just didn't reach those heights again for the for the remaining game, did we? And and that's as you say, it's frustrating for the manager. It's frustrating 
frustrating to watch a little bit because you know if you can play like that for that first spell, you want to see them do it all the time. But it, it is tricky, League One, and, and I do understand that. Yeah, it is. It's, it's frustrating, and we'll go through as we go through the game. Probably come to some of those yeah. points. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It, it's an interesting thing. It's something probably for us to keep an eye on. And, you know, do we what do we see different between now and the next few games? Or, or assuming that it does get a bit better and we mm. get that win. Fingers crossed. But I think it's something to keep an eye out on. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, kind of what you were saying there, Plymouth did come into the game quite quickly. Um, they had a good effort, a good save from Sargent's kept them out. Um, but but they were they, they came out pretty quickly. Yep, they certainly did. And, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of things to talk about Sarkic as this go, game goes on. But, you know, he made a really good solid save in that first sort of attack they had um, and did well. And then I noticed, and we mentioned this last week, didn't we, about how much he likes to kind of be off his line um, from some of these sort of set pieces and stuff. But, again, notable. I think they had a, a chance where they had a free kick um, from sort of just by the halfway line. And um, instead of, you know, putting it into the box and someone heading it in, um, the Plymouth player tried a cheeky lob of Sarkic because he was miles off his line. But um, it was a pretty bad effort, to be fair. So I think people have started to get the memo that he does stay off his line so we'll have to keep an eye on that one I hope he doesn't get lobbed but after that look it wasn't an error but after that um, the next big moment that came which was probably the best thing that he did in the whole game was there was an unbelievable double save that he made Ollie to keep it 1-0 um, the first save was was you know you, you talk about things being world class you know, obviously it's not world class this is League One but the first save was absolutely brilliant and the second save wasn't that much worse it was slightly less um, impressive but the first save was brilliant first time quick um, I, I just, you know, both are absolutely amazing saves and clearly kids got talent um, and it's an absolute gutter of what happened to him later on. But yeah, just amazing, really, those saves. Yeah, the saves were amazing. Mm. Um, two really good saves. It's one of those where you go, oh, 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 thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely but, amazing. Um, yeah, absolutely amazing saves. And yeah, hopefully his injury isn't too bad because um, while Harry did do well when he came on, um, he's, a, he's a top top goalkeeper, Sarshuk, so we don't want to lose him. But unfortunately... <sighs> yeah. Um, when Plymouth scored um, so about <laughs> 29 minutes in um, they have an attack um, Walker is jockeying um, and then he slips and gives Grant just a bit of like a second of space and time and room um, and then he shoots and it is a really good shot to be honest it just kind of like maybe snuck, sneaks in from the post um, and impossible really for the goalkeeper to save yeah, can't blame Sarkic for that. Um, and Walker could have done better, let's be perfectly honest about it. If you look at what happens in the build-up to it, there's like a guy who does an overlapping run um, as the guy's sort of doing the step-overs. Looks to me a little bit like Walker doesn't know whether to go with him or just keep standing his ground. And he almost gets caught in two minds and make, basically sort of half-trips himself over, which <laughs> isn't great to watch. But just that little stumble gave the, 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 the player enough space to just kind of bend it round, as you say. So it um, wasn't the worst mistake we've ever made. But it was, as you say, a little individual error um, that's basically cost us a goal. Um, which is unfortunate. I actually thought in the build-up to this, um, we were quite poor in general in defending to this. I know it was a little bit before in sort of the first transition of it, but they came down the left initially before it got worked to the right, and Fossey got lost a little bit, um, and he didn't get covered yeah. by anyone, and it was it was but just pretty is, yeah, poor. You just said the word there, cover. Yeah. And it's really hard, because quite a few times when we're defending, Vela has to come out to the yep. right flank. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of obviously a bit of debate going on about how good Fossey is and, you know, uh, errors. And he's, he's, he's going to people will be looking at him because it's obviously he made that clear error in the last game. But I do feel a little bit sorry for him. Um, and we'll come to Cummings later because I feel a bit sorry for him as well. Um, but, yeah, I do feel a bit sorry for Fossey because some, sometimes like when they had that double, um, when Sasha did that double save, 
um, basically their, their fullback was really wide on the flank and then Fossey was basically holding his position then had to run out and I'm sure some people would have criticised him for not stopping the cross Yeah. but you can't be in two places at once if nope. that makes sense he's nope. holding his pace but he, then he's got to get out to the fullback. So, yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting observation you make there, Glenn, because, yeah, Vela and the central midfielders have to cover if um, the attacking um, wingers forwards um, don't get back. And Fossey deserves a lot of credit for the way he goes forward. And, and, you know, in this game, I thought past the halfway line, he was pretty good when he got involved and I wouldn't really be too critical of that. He's definitely got a, a bit to learn about positioning, Ollie. I think that's clear from the first glimpses of him this season. He, he sometimes just gets a little bit hung out there and, and maybe isn't quite seeing the whole game around him but he's only young and he's learning his game I think a really good example of, of whether you would play Fossey and Love is what would you rather Ollie? would you rather Fossey who's going to be good going forward but is going to be learning the defensive side of the game as the season progresses or would you rather Love who is probably going to be more strong defensively but is pretty woeful going forward and, and is probably still trying to learn that part of his game would you rather have the attacking player or, or the slightly more defensive player and, and at the moment unlikely for Ricketts he seems to be picking the slightly more attacking player and I think in general I'm probably pretty happy with that but I don't know what you would rather yeah I'd say the if you almost had to do it by I don't know FIFA stats or something like that I think yeah. his yeah his attacking um, is the net benefit of the defence I think is greater if that means I mean it's attacking okay. I don't think the difference from their defending is, is all that People, I don't know. Some people, some people I've seen on Twitter making out that Love is this kind of Maldini of, of League One defending. <laughs> Certainly um, not. He's all right, yeah. but um, that's calmed down a little bit. Um, you know, and there's a good chance you know Love could have made easily have made that mistake, and you wouldn't have put him past him because he yeah. was he was jittery at times. Um, so yeah, I think I think. I think he's doing all right. Okay. Um, he's doing all right. And we'll it's see. something to keep an eye on. And if, if Love come in, I wouldn't be that surprised or disappointed either, to be fair. No, no. Good and it'd be nice to see Love maybe actually play in a fullback role. How good could he be? Maybe he's actually going to be a lot better and a lot more comfortable there. So something, another thing to keep an eye on as the season progresses, I think. Yeah, it's nice to have two options there, isn't it, Ollie? You're not yeah, be panicking definitely. about playing you know, Sears and hoping he's injured or something. We've definitely got the cover um, there this season, so that's fantastic. In terms of talking about positives, I thought Vela had a good half, Ollie. Um, yeah. You know, you put really Bright good. in the agenda, which I think is a fairly good word and again showing that experience that he's got we, we did lament last week against Northampton there wasn't really much leadership there and he is kind of trying to do that I think having watched the game I was kind of watching him quite closely and sort of seems to want to G players up but I think he, again he's going to be one of those midfielders that doesn't lead with the sort of passion and tub thumping that you might get from an Ollie Norburn he's going to be the sort of I did this this is my experience and I don't want to give a pass away sort of thing and, and, and you, you you inspire people through your quality rather than your, your, ability, uh, your ability to, to sort of man-manage people on the pitch so I started to see that a little bit I want to keep seeing that this season and um, definitely probably one of his better halves so far and obviously capped it with a goal so he deserves a bit of credit in the first half Yeah, I'd, I'd say Vela was really good yep. um, and I think it's worth noting that he's obviously come back from injury um, and obviously he's come back from a bit of a everyone's had this layoff so you know, yes. he's, he's got it was a better performance if he keeps doing that obviously having Norburn mid-central field um, as well um, those two seem to link up quite nicely Um and yeah, I think it's something to watch. I thought he was good, um, and some of the the he was getting on, you know, nicking off the player's toe, wasn't he? He was stealing the ball on quite a few good occasions, and yeah, this before the end of the first half, I mean, he was definitely one of the best players on the pitch. And he's definitely showing that he could be, you know, he's sort of drifting out of that position at times, but he could be a number ten if we ever require one. He seems to be that that's a role he could undertake, but he also seems to me that he could sit deeper. You know, he's one of those midfielders that he seemed to think could probably do both roles, which is, I suppose, quite rare in the modern game in some respects. But yeah that was it really the half 
drifted, didn't it, Ollie? Um, I didn't think Plymouth were all that good either, to be honest with you, as the last 10 minutes went on, and there wasn't really much going on, was there? And so, yeah, we got to half-time 1-1. Um, you certainly didn't think that it was an impossibility for us to win the game if we came out and played like we did in that first 15 minutes, but you also had that niggle at the back of your mind that, in reality, Plymouth were growing into the game, and, and you know, they may come out and, and take us in the second half. So it was definitely, you know, on a knife edge, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and, and it was interesting. There was a lot of debate, wasn't there, at half-time about the front three? Definitely, yeah. And how is it not working? I, mean, I have to bring it up, Link. Oh, you did make an interesting right. comment <laughs> saying that Cummings is stronger than Udo. Yes. Um, so I'm not sure if you quite mean that. No. Um, what it's, did you mean? It's hard on Twitter, isn't it, with things. I think stronger is, is yeah, if you're just talking about pure physical strength, they're pretty much the same, aren't they? They're both a bit... They're, I'd they're say Udo's stronger. Yeah, a little bit. Cummings Maybe physically. you could say a little I'd rather bit. him... If you one of them had to play as a target man, you'd definitely want Udo because I couldn't see Cummings doing that. I, I've never really seen Cummings hold men off like Udo can. Okay, um, but that's not that's not that's just that talking about that one element of him as a player. Yeah, I, I was trying to get across the point really that Ado was Ado was woeful first half to be yeah. honest with you, um, and didn't, didn't play that role. Half. And he did play that role pretty well when he came on against Northampton. So it's oh, obviously he can do it, and I was very positive about him. But he got lost as this game went on, um, and the front three became isolated. Do you know so, who would have done really well in that game for us? Okanabiri, someone like oh, that. Yeah. And that's the trouble now, is that we've got um, a team that now needs movement yep. uh, and someone to kind of create space. Um, and I'm, I'm no, I'd love to hear an opinion of someone like Andy Davis, who knows a lot more about football than we do. You know, is, is Ado good at running? Is he making space? Because I think it's fair to say the front three came into a lot of criticism. Um, and you are going to get criticism when you play someone who everyone thinks, you know, Wally says he's played on the left in his career and he can play in the left on his career you know that he's telling the stats obviously that's a fact yeah um, and obviously Cummings people think assume that he's a striker but he's probably a striker that needs to play up front in a two I would agree I don't know but but at the same time we haven't seen him play up front on his own so I think maybe what you were alluding to really Glenn, at the root of course of what your point was you'd like to see Cummings maybe have a go up front on his own I'd love yeah I'd love to see a front two I mean you know we're gonna have to change yeah, our tactics Clark for that and Cummings, front, yeah I mean that to me is my front two I'd hope to see that at some point this season maybe it would be good if you played a midfield diamond two up front with from Clark and Cummings and then yeah had um, Goldborn and Fossey bombing on it's not a bad not a bad idea Glenn so that is that is one point I, I would say the other point I was trying to get across in terms of stronger was it wasn't really the, the word the right word to use really I suppose it was more about it was more about him having a bit more experience a bit more a new, chirpy a bit more annoying yeah. a bit more bit of nouse. yeah he, he would occupy a centre back more than, than Ado did in that first half and he might not have held the ball up every time but he'd be niggly you know he'd be a bit of a bastard to play against and Ado was just far too passive and easy so stronger yeah. you know it, it is kind of a phrase that kind of kind of try to encompass that but I suppose yeah it's now it's you know ability just to you know be a bit bit more involved in the game and, and keep things ticking over almost like I said last week a bit Jemson-esque to be honest with you he's not the, not yeah. the same build quite but Jemson wasn't a massive man himself so um, you know just a, just sometimes you want a little bit of a git up front don't you to, to root, root, root through the centre backs and, and put them off and that Canavan wasn't brilliant you know if yeah. Cummins had got at him a bit more in that game we could have had some joy but he rarely got near him well that's the thing and it's I got quite frustrated with Cummings, got front fetch with yep. the whole front three. And that's where I was saying, I feel a bit sorry for Cummings because he's kind of playing a role which we, at the moment, we don't think is his natural role. We don't know. It's only three games. It's, Ricky does. You know, yeah, we'll come on to the, maybe, <laughs> you know, how long do you try this and all this kind of stuff in a moment. But just talking about Cummings, he, I loved his pass completion percentage. It was actually really high. He was 84%. But for me, it felt like he was giving the ball away all the time, mm. which is really interesting. So the stats don't quite back that up. But yeah, when it comes down to making key decisions and, you know, you know, what do they say about that thousand hours of practice or 10,000 hours of practice? 
when he's cutting in from from the right, he more than often than not he doesn't make the right choice. I haven't seen him make the right choice yet. He did a really good cross on a counter attack, and when he just yeah played a long ball for Warley against Northampton, that was fantastic. But when he's in that final third, I'm yet to see him make the right choice and. He's trying. I'm not saying he's not trying, but bless him. I just, yeah, it doesn't feel like his natural game is no. what I'm getting to. Yeah, if, if you're talking about when they're both right or left, Wally and Cummins, and they're both cutting in to try and, you know, get into a position where they're facing goal with maybe a defender ahead of them, I, I often feel like Wally's got more chance of scoring. He's sending which them is a weird. telegraph, isn't he? Like, yeah. He gets the ball and he tells him, I'm going to try and cut on my right foot now. Yeah. Neither of them are ever going to pass. They're always going to shoot both of them. And that's the so trouble, it's... is they don't mm. pass. So it makes it easy to defend against. So it's Tough. work in progress. It is it? definitely work in progress, and we're, we're what five games in now, and we've we've said that three every league time. games in, but yeah, three league games, right. five games yeah. overall, I suppose. But yeah, it, it's definitely work in progress, Ollie. That is a very good word for it. And um, I guess when we get to our ten league game review, we'll we'll see if it's still work in progress or it's finally started to knit down into something quite positive. But fingers crossed, it works. I, I completely agree, and it was a fair discussion. And to be honest with you, the discussion didn't really change the second half went on about the front three. No. There's nothing new we can really add to it. If anything, no. they were a bit worse. Um, it wasn't worse. The second half, the front. Th- th- three disappeared yeah um as a as a force in the second half yes. um, and i was making i tried to do this a bit differently rather than watching the whole game back and all that kind of stuff i decided to make <laughs> notes um as i'm sitting at home and yes. yeah, it actually worked quite well actually um but to kind of do that and yeah i made two two pages of notes um on the first half i didn't even make one whole page um, in the second half um yeah there wasn't too much to talk about so let's get through this one a bit quickly so yeah. norburn came on after 60 minutes for high which is probably more reflection than minutes and the work effort that high had to put in yep um, Cummings does actually have a good shot I, didn't, I can't really remember this in the game um, but he did actually have a good effort it's one of those cheeky shots where you kind of watch the game back and oh, actually that's, that was a better chance than I thought it kind of just came to him and he had a good he had a shot but unfortunately it kind of took two deflections and then went to the keeper and he made a good save um, then Sarkic makes a really good save um, to his right um, from a header um, and then yeah so it's fair to say that um, at this point Plymouth were on top yeah on top is, is the right word really um it's, it, I'm really tempted to say this, and maybe people will say it's too harsh, but the second half for me was a glimpse of some of the stuff we saw last season, Ollie. Is that too much? I don't think mm, it is. I, I think it's it was different, a bit anemic. but same output. Yes. So yeah, the kind of a different recipe, but the taste was the same. Yeah, that's the weird thing about it, isn't it? It's almost like we begged for this tactical change and it was going to unlock us, but we'll, we'll have a look at some statistics about stats in a minute, which, which kind of back up a bit at this point. But yeah, it's still pretty anemic, despite the fact we've got three attacking players on the pitch, we've got less defenders, we've got, you know, attacking midfielder playing in, in Vela. It's still not producing much of an output in an attacking sense. And, and it is... It's starting. I can see it's starting to frustrate a few fans. To be honest with you, it's not yeah. a major problem. And, and as I said the other week, we ain't going to sack Ricketts this season. We can't afford to, and it's nowhere near that anyway. But just the, just the the way that we're trying to transition into this new attacking team and it hasn't quite clicked yet is frustrating. And and to be honest with you, it's it's beyond not clicked in the second half. It was just pretty average, like it was last season at times. Not not that much fun to watch. Um, not a lot going on. A lot of midfield passing around. Lots and lots of attacks that just broke down for bad passes and stuff. Um, playing against a team who, yeah, they were slightly better than us in that second half, but I, I still wasn't impressed with them. And when you look back, you think if Town play at the best, they can win these sorts of games. I've, I've thought about the last two league games, and that's a little bit of what we used to say last season, Ollie, about not beating those poor teams um, when we when we should be playing at our best. And um, yeah, def- definitely shades of, shades of the feelings of last season, um, despite the different tactical output. It's very odd. Yeah, I, I, I was very... Feeling very glum after the game, um, Not just thinking, <laughs> like, yeah. So this season, obviously, we've, we've in the league, we've we've drawn two games now, lost one, 
Yep. Um, but when was the last time we had two back-to-back wins? Funny, funny you ask that, Ollie. I've got my stats spreadsheet open. Um, it's now been... Oh, let's have a quick look on uh, my Master Excel game. So that's 10, 11, 12. It's been 13 games since we won back-to-back games. Um, and under Ricketts, that's only happened twice in the league. Um, so we're talking about league games. It happened uh, game 20 and 19 and 20 last season. It happened in his first season after about 10 games as well. So, you know, it's not often we win games back-to-back in the league under Ricketts, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and yeah, it, it, and that output, Ollie, is, is re- resulting in two points after three games, which isn't the worst we've had at that point in time. We've had one point in a couple of seasons. Um, ASCII is one that springs to mind, but it's certainly not up there with the best starts to a season we've had. And um, yeah, it's it's statistically not brilliant. No, it's just a bit, and it's a yeah. It's it, it, we had we at least we at least it was entertaining. It was definitely that in the first half. Second half, not so much. But yeah, same levels of frustration. Um, and and the reason why almost why I went for the a positive prediction is I was just really hoping we were going to win. Yeah, I just really really want us to win yeah. because it's we you know as we know football's all about confidence. Um, but as your stats say, Glenn, how many shots did we have on target? Yeah, we'll finish the game for a minute because obviously we talk about Clark coming on and the injuries and stuff. But the, the, the shots thing is an interesting one because we only had one shot on target. Again, something we and as we're talking about shades of last season, it's something we lamented loads last season. It only having one shot on target in ninety minutes is abject, and you know again statistically it was quite rare before before Ricketts came to the club. Um, so yeah, one shot on target, um, and in the opening three games we've done it twice already. We did it Plymouth opening day, um, which is the same as last season. We we did the same last season. We started the first three games with only two of those having one shot on target. Um, so obviously last year it was um, Pompey and MK Dons Ollie. This season we've done it against Pompey and Plymouth. So you know there's not any signs to say we've improved in terms of our you know <laughs> getting shots on target statistics. And and if you look at it overall, um, you know. The average shot on target is coming this season in the first three league games is taking 7.3 shots, Ollie, which is quite high. You know, seven shots to have one on target is is not great. I mean, last season in the opening three games, it was 6.8, so it was better. Um, under Askey, it was even better. It's only taken us five shots um, to get a shot on target. So, you know, over the last three seasons in the opening three games, we've become more and more shot shy and we've become more and less and less clinical in terms of turning shots into shots on target. So, you know, lots, not a lot of numbers and stats there, but deep down, the, the thing to say is that our shots and our shots on target are, are sort of definitely holding us back this season. Well, uh, our, um, our XG <laughs> was 0.4, oh, God. which is pretty woeful, where Plymouth was 1.4. Oh, so yeah, it's fair to say that we were we dominated the first twenty five minutes. Yeah. Uh, but then we kind of yeah didn't really threaten much after that. Um, and yeah, it was really funny that a guy called Telford and Becky was like, "I'm sure Stuart Dunn is saying we're playing shoes. You playing Telford? No, they got a guy called Telford to kick getting the ball. Um, and he had yeah point seven. So he had more on his own more than oh, our whole God. team. That's pretty worrying. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. And to add to worries, we should move back to the game a little bit here. But um, yeah, obviously Sarkic got his injury. Um, looked muscular, Ollie, um, which yeah. is a bit of a worry. Um, Harry Burgoyne came on, to be fair, and, and made. A, I thought he made a few good solid saves. Yeah, he did uh, really good saves. On. Yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed the one where um, they hit a really long ball um, straight towards uh, Burgoyne, but it was going to bounce sort of between you know the, the running the striker coming in and the and the area, and he, he wouldn't have been able to handle it in the area. So he just ran out the area, took it down on his thigh did one juggle and then just hoofed it clear. And I thought, 
at the back of his mind, do you think he thought, oh my God, that horrendous error I made? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it took some balls to do that. And I like that. It does show that I think he's mentally got those errors on that opening day out of his system. And, you know, he's going to get a chance again to show whether he can can be our keeper for the season. And, and if Sarkic is out for a while, he's going to have to be. So I, I liked the way he came in. Mentally, he was switched on. He was he was good to everything he had to save. And as I say, that showed me that um, hopefully he's put that error behind him and, and we can expect better. So fair play to him. Yeah, I thought he did really, really well. And it might sound a bit odd, but I don't have any worries if he's going to be in goal. No, I don't know me. why. I think it's just what Sam Ricketts said about him, um, where he's come from. And yeah, fingers crossed he'll be all right. So yeah, if we need to stay, um, yeah, hopefully he'll he'll be good and he'll 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 improve. Um, mm. And yeah, it will make him a better player in the long term. And then it was the, the the time for Leon Clark to make his debut, yeah. which was very fairly exciting. It was a bit funny because he was about to come on. He was on the side of the pitch. You could see on the eye follow, and then yeah. Vela went down with what looked like a you know might have to come off, and it it meant that Clark probably wouldn't have come on at that point in time. But well, Vela had just had a knock, and he just sort of had a bang, bang to the leg, and he, he sort of um, limped it off, and eventually he was fine. So it got delayed a minute, and then yes, on he came and was wearing gloves, even though it didn't didn't look other than anything other than sunny. But Lewis Cox said it was Baltic. Um, I did point out to him that no other player was wearing gloves, but apparently that's a Leon. Clark thing he likes to wear gloves and big coats even when it's really warm so there we go we've learned that and um yeah he came on I, I guess the only moment we could talk about him doing it was where they put a ball to the back post and rather than the head the ball he just you know completely took out a keeper and a defender which was fine because i quite quite like that uh aggression but what did you make of his cameo really ollie we'll just talk about it overall nothing really to say is there he looked he looked mobile he did um yeah any concerns about weight and stuff was was a myth um, yeah, and fit. yeah no, he looked really good and uh, yeah fingers crossed we can see a bit more of him he did a few you know just turns get the ball and passed it really accurately with a bit of pace um, so yeah he's you know he's going to demand good service um, and hopefully he can um, yeah help kind of um, lead the team forward with a bit of quality he won all his headers. I mean, you know, every every time a ball came to him up up, up high, he tended to get something on it when he was in that target yeah. man role. There's he could be. Flick- I might be a false dawn, but he could <laughs> be a bit of a game changer for us. Hopefully, yeah. I I would like to think so, Ollie. Let's, let's... If you're if you know if you're Wally or Vela or um, you know um, or um, you know Goldborn, he's got the ball. You're going to do something, and you're thinking you've got a striker of that quality. It's going to give you a bit of um, enthusiasm and confidence and and desire to get to, you know, to win that ball, get that ball in the box because you've got someone of genuine quality up there. Wally and Cummins need to be on their bloody toes playing up front with them because he'll flick balls beyond the back line. And if they can run in, and they're not slow, both of them, they'll have some joy. We might get one on ones yeah. from that. So I'm, I'm looking forward and to seeing how that And it's going to be a that test is going to be is going to be very evident when we play um, Gillingham on the weekend. Oh, sure. It'll be a big test. Um, but yeah, but I thought probably the highlight of the rest of the game from a defensive point of view is Goldborn did this amazing super piece of defending. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a certain goal, but he managed to. Um, can't remember if he put his head or his, his, his foot there, but he put his body on the line, that's for sure. Gobble's my star at the start of the season. He's been consistent in yeah. every game he's played. Absolutely fantastic. And we, we were really positive about him last week, but I would continue to, to say that in the same vein. He's just really, really on it at the start of the season. And um, yeah, long may that continue. So yeah, I think that was good. Uh, at the end of the day, summary, I, I take a point in the end with the injuries, um, with the way we drifted out the You've game. You've got to give could... credit to Plymouth. Yeah. I thought yeah. Plymouth were much better in the second half. It sh- Definitely. You, showed you why they are a, a quality team. You could still, you know... Um, um, George Cooper, who they got from um, Peterborough, was a constant threat. Um, they're a well-organised team. Um, yeah, they're, 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 they're a decent outfit. 
I can definitely see Ryan Lowe manager Shrewsbury Town one day. I just can see it now happening. And he's, everyone always <laughs> says he's a Berry legend, but he was at Shrewsbury for longer, as we said in the in the yeah. Time Machine podcast. Yes, yeah, he was. He so was. He, and he said he's got in, in his interview um, in the week. He said he's got a soft spot for Shrewsbury. So you never know, Glenn. You never know. That interview in the week was really interesting, and he talked about how he'd been sort of knocked back from every club he could think of, and then the the hierarchy. At, I think it was Everton, wasn't he, or something like that? He said, go and speak to Kevin Ratcliffe, a bit of an Everton legend, and you know, he'll give you a chance sort of thing. And he said that when it happened, he said, I deserved it, which I thought was quite an interesting thing for him to say, is that he had grafted hard to get his chance at town and obviously then finally took it and, and went on and had his career. So, uh, yeah, I think I might be on Radio Shropshire. It's worth listening back to that. It was, it was really interesting. But, yeah, as I say, um, you know, he, he did a good job of Plymouth in the second half and, and they maybe could consider themselves a bit lucky. But I thought a point was just yeah, even even, um, even 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 our man said it was fair. Yep. He said oh, well. the point was probably fair in the end, even though from an XG point of view, um, shots on target, they definitely dominated. I'd imagine that he'll keep them up this season, you know, looking at, looking oh, yeah, at that one-off would, game. Yeah. yeah, well, if we carry on like we were, that's one place gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Um, so top three for me, I went for, and this is a bit of a weird one for me, because uh, I didn't think anyone really stood out amazingly no, across I, the whole game. Someone, comment but someone said something about um, top three, or maybe I just thought of it when I was doing watching the game. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> mm. And it's funny, my top my top player is someone I haven't mentioned at all during the game, but he basically won every header and almost every tackle he had in the game, cruised through the game, you know, a bit of a luxury luxury sort of performance for him. And it didn't really stand out. I hardly got mentioned on the radio commentary either, but I, I, I like that with players who play like really well and you don't really notice them. But Pierre was fantastic again. Um, I, I, I just start him every week if he can manage to play every game um, and play him with either Ebanks or, or Williams as it goes on. He is definitely our best defender. Um, but yeah, gave Vela second place, uh, say that first off, particularly he was really good took his goal well um, drifted out a bit second half and that uh, was a bit unfortunate but he was really good and then I went for Goldborn in third place again continuing his good start to the season um, I think that was a, a fair fair set of three really cool I went for Goldborn first just because yeah, again fair. he was just perfect you know in terms of performance he didn't do anything wrong maybe perfect is not the right word but you know what I mean he, he didn't foot a foot wrong um, he had a good solid game um, so yeah and then I went for Vela um, and then I went for Pierre um, finally, um, okay. I thought you're right. I thought really, 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 really solid. Nick said captain's performance, but that was the kind of performance he put in, wasn't it? It was a you know a very workmanlike performance. Didn't really make any mistakes. Put body on the line. Um, yeah, you see his pace um, and his strength is is a, a real asset for us. It's it's funny. It just doesn't get noticed, does it? Ebanks has had so many consistent games for us. He rarely you'd ever me- gets back in the match. If, yeah, if we didn't have it. But actually, a word, actually a, a, a note of of um, of praise for Williams. A yeah, few no, times he did some really, really clever, experienced, savvy defending where he like, you know, dropped a shoulder and took a ball, um, won the ball really well, some nice passing. Um Williams, and I think it must help having, you know, two um experienced pros. Obviously I'm sure Beckles helped his development as well. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure having Ebanks and Pierre and a manager that played um, you know, in, in defence as well, um is it'll all aid into his development. Williams is um, he's got the physical attributes, but he's definitely improving um, and he's looking more assured. Hopefully we won't have any headers back like Liverpool. No, you'll make mistakes as the season goes on yeah. just because of the nature of this league. But I'll tell you two things about Williams I'm noticing this season. One, he looks stronger physically stronger you know he's now developing past being a young player into you know a more experienced pro those and those games he's got under his belt last season and, and having played as you say with more experienced players he looks more confident and assured and, and calm on the ball whereas at times he didn't always look like that when he played for us when he first started he's 
you know, if you think about since he joined this football club to the player he is now and what he was when he joined, we've developed him. You know, you can't say anything other than we've developed him as a better footballer. And that's the sort of thing that when he moves on, which he obviously eventually will, and we'll probably hopefully get some money for him, you know, he will go and tell football clubs that it's a good place to go and, and get developed and, and kick on for your career. Because, you know, I think we've, we've helped him become a better player. So, yeah, you're right. You missed out on our top threes. But I, I, again, because of the nature of the, the way those defenders hard work and, and skills and, and tactics and, and ability at those those tough jobs kind of goes un, unsung sometimes. He definitely deserves a mention. And it's funny because Stu Dunn picked Fossey um, for Man of the Match, didn't he, on the radio, which left a few heads scratching. And as you say, he didn't play badly. But it just because of his nature and going forward and being a bit more flashy, I think sometimes those sorts of players win it more than a, than a I would Pierre actually take a completely different view of okay. why I think why he might have done that. I think because I think maybe that Stuart Dunn's there can see the whole game, the whole pitch. Maybe, yeah. And the, the camera for Plymouth was, you know, I don't really don't like it when they do this, was quite zoomed in a bit. Um, so maybe there was a lot of work that he did that we didn't see, a lot okay. of running and a lot of stuff. So, yeah, you don't know. Your theory is as valid as mine. It's a theory. Um, but, yeah, I thought potentially, you know, it's one of those things where you see um, a good effort. We are missing that this season. Pick it up. Yeah, we are missing that one-on-one view, don't we? Um, which is a shame. Um, but... What can we do? I trust Dunny. I'm sure he's, he's... I'm not having a go at Dunny. It just no, was no, interesting no. when I didn't... You know, the people that watched it on iFollow, almost everyone would have said somebody different, I think. So, interesting. We're going to have to see how that develops over the season. Um, obviously, Sam Ricketts came out afterwards, said a few fairly dull things as far yeah, as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I, I didn't listen to them anymore. <laughs> um, so, what did he say? He said, yeah, I thought we were control the game first 20 minutes. I thought we were outstanding, put them in. Um, yeah, ultimately, it's a good point. We wanted to get all three, but it's a hard place <laughs> to come. Um, yeah, yeah, we're a young team in terms of what we're trying to do. I did read that and I was like, went back to it. And okay, yes, you're right. It's not a young team, but it's a young team in terms of what we're trying to do. I understand that. Yeah. Um, and it's about that consistency. Um, um, and then, yeah, Josh Fedder's desperate to get on the score sheet and he did. And yeah, I guess maybe just kind of one question I wanted to ask you, Glenn, was three games, no wins. Um, we scored two goals. I mean, three so that's not good. Um, <laughs> are you happy to keep trying for this test at the moment? Are you happy with how we're doing it, what we're doing? Are you, are you wanted to? Would you would you criticise the manager for changing it now, or would you be happy to see something different? How how do you feel this experiment's working at the moment with these exact players? Way too early. The front uh, three, really, what we're talking about, isn't it? Because I think yeah. the back four and the midfield three is actually working really well. The goalkeepers, yep. I'm pretty happy with as well. Defense has been good. It's yeah. just that final third, which is the hardest part of football, obviously. Uh, it's the hardest part for Sam Rickers to figure out. You, you cannot get a team playing consistently well going forward, whether it's whatever tactic well, we did played last season. <laughs> well, yeah, but well, okay, maybe the first, yeah, Shrewsbury Town. It's the hardest yeah. thing for him to do, and he still hasn't figured it. He hasn't figured it, and he might have figured it, but it hasn't shown itself yet. No. And I, I wouldn't abandon this trial yet. I mean, Wally Cummins and, and Leon Clark are three pretty good players at League One level. You'd think more often than not they're going to finally figure out how to get this going and, and start scoring some goals and and start converting the, the good possession we have into chances and shots on target. So I, I'd certainly give it with with Clark being slotted in there. I'd still give it another ten games, yeah. maybe more. Um, but I was... It's frustrating to watch at the moment but I think Clark as you say might be the game changer and, and we'll have to keep our fingers crossed that's the case yeah I don't know I just yeah I just like that idea of that midfield diamond with those midfielders we got having I Josh do. Vela high um, and Norburn with Walker those two fullbacks and two strikers I don't know it just sounds interesting just to mix it up and I think there's there's nothing worse than um, having a team which just plays the same way every week unless you're Liverpool and you can do it and you can get away with it but you know, most teams need to have some different tactics and 
be able to Correct. mix it yep. up a little bit. So yeah, I'm not saying the four for three should stop or you know you shouldn't try Cummings on the right or Wally on the left again. Um, obviously, the proof's in the pudding, and you want to win games, which is obviously what, what Sam Ricketts is trying to do. Um, but yeah, as I said quite a few times in this pod, it's something to keep an eye on. And you know, we have still got we will have the option to play wingers and two up front as a, as a, as a four four two. It might not be the most dirigeable kind of tactic at the moment, but you know, you can mix it up into lots of different things this season. We've given ourselves more options about last season, that's for sure. But for that, we need that guy from Spurs to actually bother coming to the football club because apparently <laughs> Where is he, he hasn't is he, even turned up yet. Is he? Does he? Yeah, bless him. There might be something serious, and it might be some kind of personal issue. Yeah. Um, so that so it could be something serious. We don't know. I know. We're I shouldn't laugh silly. about it, but um, it's but, not great, yeah. is it? But the joke, the joke, yeah, the jokes are going around that yeah, he's he got he got a nosebleed on the M40 and turned around. <laughs> Thought it was too cold up north, so decided to stay with Spurs. Or uh, yeah, as soon as Bale come, he wants to hang around and learn off him. But lots of lots of jokes. But hopefully, it's nothing bad, and and, and he does eventually turn up and you know looks like a strong, powerful player that might do something. But if we've got him and, and Daniels, you've got three wingers with Wally as well. There's the options to do lots of different things. But you know, I think we need to be looking at 10, 15 games of seeing how it settles down before you bin it. Obviously, Ricketts took till after Christmas before he binned off his horrible tactic last year. You know, he's not afraid of finally ripping up the rule book if it isn't working so if it continues not to work I don't think Ricketts would stop himself from trying to change things he's not no. he's not 100% fixed something for the whole season so we'll see how it goes and um, keep an eye on it maybe we should call that this pod because uh, we've said that a lot but we'll probably just finish this off Ollie with predictions mainly because I predicted us to draw 1-1 and we did so I'm off and running for the season with three points um, you went for a 2-1 win um, as you said two positive so yeah next up is an interesting one Gillingham at home um, which traditionally I always think is a sort of game where you know take away league positions I'd always look at that as a game we should be winning because they have to come miles and it must be you know a bit, a bit um, they don't normally have a load of fans and they've never been the greatest in league one a little bit like us down the bottom for the last few years so it's the sort of game I think traditionally we should be winning and I would say that now despite how we started they haven't started brilliantly have they so I'll, I'll go for a... right. they've got this yeah. guy called Samuels who scored two goals on Saturday against Blackpool um, yeah. but yeah you're right Early it's north. only a few games in and that's the thing you can't say you know you look at the you think okay yeah so Gillingham got six points in three games are but, they? Oh, I thought they yeah. had four. Yeah, well, no, I'll take no, that back then. <laughs> they got six. Um, and they, yeah, two, two, and they won 2-0 um, against Blackpool this weekend. Oh, but yikes. it's only a small sample size. You know, yeah. we are ahead of Plymouth, um, um, Portsmouth and we're on the same, what, one point behind Peterborough who haven't started very well either. So it's it's early days yet. Um, but yeah, like you're saying, Glenn, um, even if even if we, it's not a team that we think we should win, it's a game that we, you know, I'm so sure the manager would like to win. Um, because it's it's needed to get that win as soon as possible. Yeah, if you had the, the game on in last season, it's four league games that are win now, isn't it? Which is not a great run. So we'd like to get that one off our back as soon as possible. But I'll, I'll go for us to do it. I think that you know Leon Clark will probably be fit to start, and and that might be the game changer, as you say. So let's go for two one win. Leon Clark header, eighty fifth minute. Happy days, job done. No fans, but you know we'll take that. Yeah, I was thinking two one as well. Um, I, I can just see that from watching and, and following. Um, there's a guy called um, Jill's in the Blood TV. He's a really yes. nice chap. Um, you know, um, seeing his Twitter feed and stuff, they do score goals, so it'd be unlikely for us to get a clean sheet. Um, but yeah, um, this is the first time we're having a league game at home. We've not been there, so that's yep. a shame. Weird. Um, but yeah, fingers crossed we can get something because yeah, I, I don't want to be here again next Sunday, Glenn, talking about something other than a win. To be honest. Yeah, I don't think the season's really started for us, has it? I think that's a no. fair comment. You know, we're just we've just been going not been going through the motions, just figuring things out, trying to get yeah. to where Ricketts wants us to get to and his his whole job and how people view him this season will be about how quickly we get to where he wants us to be in terms of this tactic. So if that doesn't happen on Saturday, it just it doesn't it doesn't ratchet the pressure up, I don't think. I just think that 
because of the COVID and, and financial issues, I don't think, you know, he's going to come under significant pressure. Also, there'll be no fans in the stadium, so that kind of takes away that narrative. Yeah, but that helps, doesn't it? I was you just want to stop the rot, don't you? Yeah, we'd want to stop the rot and we're going to get a win, and obviously the manager wants that as well. But, yeah, we need to, um, we need to yeah, get more shots on target, more more opportunities in that <laughs> final third. Um, and other than that, you know, midfield and defence, you know, we're, we're, we don't look a bad side. No. And to be fair, what we're saying is exactly what Sam Ricketts said all last week as well. So we're, yeah. we're only we're only agreeing with the manager on this point. We don't disagree with him. He, he knows we need to be doing more in that aspect as well. So there we go. We'll leave it there for the week. Um, as I say, hopefully a couple of podcasters or two over this weekend into next week, the, the thousand person trial and this one. And yeah, I don't think we'll be doing another midweek podcast this week, Ollie, because there's nothing too exciting to talk about unless God knows something else changes in football. You never know on a week to week basis. But yeah, thanks to everyone for listening. And um, yeah, we shall be back next Sunday. Cool. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh!